0: Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support.
1: There's been a brokenness, a brokenness that has, has, has caused me to um, be more reliant, certainly more reliant on God, which I'm so grateful for, but also more reliant uh, on her, um, not on the day-to-day so much, but just um, there are times when it uh, has gotten very, very dark.
2: Those are the words of Garth Warren, now an executive with a large church denomination, but whose life has been physically influenced by a traumatic brain injury suffered many years ago, and how that affects his everyday life even now. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was. He was a golden All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence multiple rapes. This is Life Support, hosted by Pastor Paul Johnson from Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. My name is Steve Johnson, director of Five Stone Media, a co-sponsor of this program. And our goal, as always, is to use story to bring hope and healing. And now let's join the conversation with Pastor Paul. So glad to have you on Life
0: Support. And we talk a lot about trauma on life support. It's not the kind of topic you might seek out, but everyone is going through something, it seems. And we want to tell stories to help you find a deeper relationship with Christ during these difficult times of life. So I'm so glad you're here. We have a very special guest. His name is Garth Warren. He's the Chief Development Officer for the Evangelical Free Church of America. And last time Garth joined us, and his story is amazing. He uh, was a, a graduate assistant football coach at the University of Tennessee. Um, still a huge Vols fan, and we can either be glad for that or feel sorry for him at this <laughs> point. But he at that time suffered a serious brain injury that has really changed his life in a lot of ways and has has grown him into this amazing man of God. So we're so glad to have you back, Garth. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me back. You started the last session that we did together with a really interesting statement that you just celebrated your anniversary, and I hope you did flowers or something. We did. Okay, yeah. good job. Yeah. Um, we, we men have to stick together in that. Yeah. You get in trouble real quick. Um, and you said, you know, it's like she's been married to two different men. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that adjustment in your home and in your own life as you began to grapple with this new you mm-hmm. that was emerging because of this injury.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, uh, just anecdotally, um, and I think it has a tie, um, we did celebrate our 35th wedding anniversary this last August. And so being it had a significant marker, so to speak, I uh, I just began to jot down the signs of God, the things that we had seen of God, the people, the places, the opportunities, the brokenness, the prayers that were answered. And, and I just started to write them down. And I knew that I was going to do this, and I wanted to put them on rocks. I just wanted to put them on just kind of marker stones, so to speak. And, and it ended up um, that there were um, 512 signs, the things that I could, that came to mind that I put on these rocks and, and, um, and, uh, and, all that to say that God has been faithful. God has been faithful regardless. Um, when I say that uh, my wife Christy, that Christy um, ended up with a different guy than she signed up for, I think she ended up with exactly who God wanted. But uh, I, I think that um, there's, a, there's been a brokenness, a, a brokenness that has, re, has, uh, has uh, caused me to um, be more reliant, certainly more reliant on God, which I'm so <laughs> grateful for, but also more reliant uh, on her, her, um, not on the day-to-day so much, but just um, there are times when it uh, has gotten very, very dark, and I was not well enough to tell people about that. I was not well enough to leave our home. I was not well enough to um, entertain even people who would want to come and pray, well-meaning people who would want to come and pray. I, I couldn't even open the door, and she carried that. She, she has carried that, and uh, I suspect that there will be a great reward in heaven for um, those times when she's carried that, when she's carried that on behalf of me or on behalf of our children or, or, or whatever. And and we have not um, tried to be deceitful, but there's only so much energy, so much psychological energy when you aren't well mentally that um, um, I, I suspect many people can relate to. But, um, but uh, So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I don't know if I get to your question there or not.
0: Paul, no, you so. did it fine i it does bring to mind how to walk people through woundedness whether it be physical or emotional or grief sometimes believers tend to want to fix the problem and they'll come to your house with all the best intentions mm-hmm. they'll come to you in church they'll they'll approach you and we generally are not comfortable with someone not doing well mm-hmm. and so Wow, if we could just help my friend. And what you're saying is it's sometimes it's not the best thing. Sometimes that person needs some space, and you just needed that time to heal. Yeah. You weren't trying to push people away. Yeah. So how, how would you, what would you say to someone that is walking th- somebody through trauma or knows about a friend that's struggling? What words of counsel would you give them about how to help them or what not to do yeah it doesn't help them, and you can just use your own experience yeah yeah, yeah. Um,
1: uh, often um, the ministry of presence right i've i've uh, I've heard that uh, on this program the 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 ministry of um, being with someone a friend of mine died six years ago mm-hmm. uh now and uh and and I knew that he was going to die and in the last two or three days um he didn't need me for any purposes. His wife didn't need me. Their children didn't need me. But I had earned enough of the relationship that I was—I was part of the family, so to speak—and uh, just to go and sit and to um, listen. Uh, periodically to crack a joke, periodically to just go get some food, periodically just to uh, weep, weep, you know, weep with those who are weeping, rejoice with those who are rejoicing, and uh, and so you know, oftentimes you feel like, man, what would I say? Or uh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any concern whatsoever about um, coming with uh, the right, other than to come with a, with the right heart, uh, just a heart to say, I just I just want to serve, and and uh, that serving is most likely just a real. Quiet
2: presence. Yeah, the ministry of presence. That's a great phrase, and it's so very true. We'll be back to the conversation with Paul and Garth Warren in just a moment. You know, Pastor Paul is hosting this program from a unique perspective. A survivor himself of family trauma, losing a wife and a son, and that's what life support is all about survivors in discussion with survivors. My name is Steve Johnson, executive director of Five Stone Media, and we are so pleased to be a co-sponsor of this program. For more about our work, log on to www.lifesupportresources.org. And now, back to Pastor Paul.
0: So you're making this adjustment in your life. Your your wife is learning um, this different man, mm-hmm. but your friends are too, right? Mm-hmm. So what did you see happen to other relationships as you processed this and worked through the changes that were happening in you?
1: Yeah, um, I uh, as I said, in most cases, I was pretty guarded, and I'm not even certain why about my my psychological well being. And so, um, there would come a period once or twice a year where um, where I would shut down, and so my closest of friends would would know that and would intercede or um, would. Uh, would uh, care for me or care for my, my wife and my kids. Um, but, uh, by and large, um, I, um, I, Lived internally with um, the silence, and I I just regret that there were decades where I didn't flush that out. I didn't flush it out with a professional counselor. I didn't flush it out at much level with my pastors or um, apart from my closest of closest friends, Um, and frankly, part of that is because it takes an emotional term. uh, it costs something yes, to it unfold does. the reality. It I, I did not say to you, but uh, in subsequent years um, after my injury at Tennessee, um, within five years I had a – Major fall. I broke um, severely, broke uh, my leg and, and uh, ankle in such a manner that I was um, on uh, on crutches and, and out of commission, so to speak, uh, while in commission sales for uh, for three months. And so the Lord was gracious not only to break my head, but then to break my body. And uh, and then the third thing that um, He did, uh, because of uh, a number of circumstances, He broke my bank account as well. And so He did everything that He could. <laughs> to get my attention, and I'm so, so, so grateful that he did those things. I'm not saying I want anybody else to sign up for yeah. that, but I have learned a dependence on Christ that um, I could have never have learned uh, for his provision, for his faithfulness, for his grace. And so when I have a son who's out of work because of COVID, I can point him and we can point to the fact that God is faithful. We don't know when it's going to happen, but God is faithful. Or when we have any number of friends who um, you name the brokenness, the brokenness of uh, marriage, the brokenness of finances, the brokenness of emotional health, we we can walk alongside them, often sit with them, and to say... God will be faithful, but it may not happen very quickly. It may take weeks or months or years or even decades. Um, but God will—he will be with you. He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you.
0: And because of all the things that have happened to you, you have the credibility to say that, and that means a lot. And that's what you know. A lot of times, trauma does—is it gives the the, the trauma sufferer. Uh, credibility with others. I, I know what you mean by that—that that idea of thanking God for suffering. And I don't want that to sound weird because I don't think God wants us to walk around desiring to suffer. But on days when I'm, you know, thinking rightly, mm-hmm. there are days when I'm not thinking rightly. But I have these moments where, um, you know, I'll I'll say to God, you know. Thank you for taking the time to break me and make me like you. And I've prayed this kind of dangerous prayer uh, for a long, long, long time, which is, Lord, do whatever it will take in my life to make you the man you want me to be. Mm -hmm. I give you my family. I give you my job. Do whatever it will take. And the reason that's a dangerous prayer is because God took me up on it. But I'm glad he did. Now, like you, would I wish this on anyone else? Losing a wife, losing a son, that kind of thing? No. In fact, I think it would be so much harder to walk a friend through it than it is to experience it. But God is faithful to that. And so if if, if you are listening and you are suffering, if there is something going on in your life that you don't understand or that is just deeply hurtful, you know, here's two men that can tell you that God works these situations, yeah.
1: you know. There's, uh, I, I so appreciate the courage of your prayer and the sincerity with which you uh, have gone before God, because that is a risky prayer, knowing that God hears and and may, in fact, as you say, take you up on that. There's this passage that says. Uh, I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. And I often want to know the power of his resurrection, this explosive (laughs) power that raises a dead guy back to life. You know, I want to know that, but I shy away from and Mm -hmm. the fellowship of his suffering. But I got to the point where I thought to my, where where I just arrived at God is sufficient, even in the suffering, Mm -hmm. even in the fellowship of his suffering. He, he will deliver. He delivered his son, Jesus. He will certainly deliver, deliver, um, deliver us. I, um, i I listen to this podcast this guy Don Miller out of Nashville Donald Miller and um, he he talks about these four kind of roles people play in life um, and he parallels that I think from a screenplay perspective he, he says you either play the victim or the villain or the hero or the guide and and he he articulates that at some level we are all those at some point. We, there, there's times when we're victimized or we're, we're the villain, we do evil or whatever. But he says that the the ones who ultimately have gone through the suffering um, can serve as a guide, can serve as a uh, blessing here on this side of eternity for others. And and, uh, and so, yeah, I am sincerely grateful for the brokenness in my life. I wish it wasn't so in some level, but uh, sincerely because I think it gives me um, the ability to share, um, to see the brokenness in others and to have an empathy that I could not have had in any other way, um, shape, or form. So
0: Many times trauma victims will Will describe uh, an acute sense of isolation Because they were a particular kind of person Or had a particular kind of personality before it happened They radically changed after Just Sometimes it's even biological changes that happen because of that And so you've described, you know, you've your wife had to adjust mm-hmm. uh, Your friends have had to adjust Well, how do you think God sees this? So is the man that you are right now, is that just God saying, well, you know, I'll, I'll work with what happened and I'll, I'll try to patch this back together? Or is the man you are right now the man that God always meant you to be?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, my, uh, my sense is in God's sovereignty. Um, he has seen fit to... Allow the circumstances of my life, the circumstances of your life, the circumstances of your listeners' lives. He has seen fit um, to allow that. And that's uh, hard for us to get our head around because sometimes it's like was that did God allow that and and I believe that there is evil and that there's some things that just absolutely grieve the heart of God just atrociously grieve uh, the heart of God having said that as it relates to my life I think he is in absolute and sovereign control and so he knew all along mm-hmm. that I was going to play basketball on that day and that uh ironically my best friend would take my legs out from underneath me and uh and injure me forever and so um yeah uh, yeah I think the grace
0: of the Lord. Yeah, and I the reason I ask that is there um a lot of there are a lot of folks that have gone through difficult times or have physical ailments and they feel like they're just not productive or they're not the person that they were meant to be Um, and I wonder how much pressure could be taken off of their journey by just understanding that no you're not maybe who you thought you were going to be but you are absolutely 100% what God intended you to be yeah Because we all have these standards we're we're shooting for, and you know I want to be this kind of person, and I want to be this, and I have dreams to do this. Well, sometimes we have to relinquish that and step back and say, well, you know, God has a better plan. I don't understand it, and it's okay not to understand. But His plan is working all of the time. His purposes never stop. And the other thing I've realized too in my in my things, Garth, is that the a lot of this isn't even for me. There's ripple effects that go far beyond just my little life and that God is working in, you know, layers and layers and layers of different situations and people. And those, you know, that also speaks to his purposes, working out. Yeah, you are
1: so wise and so right on I, I am absolutely convinced that you speak truth that there's much of this that we don't understand on this side of the equation but um, for our little piece in, in this, uh, mm-hmm. this, this moment in time that we are here on earth for all of eternity um, might um, might our contribution be pleasing to God and um, might we get comfortable with the fact that what we thought the game should look like or be like <laughs> yeah. uh, is not necessarily the, the game that God would want us to play, and yet uh, we we sign up to play every
0: day. Now, as a Tennessee football fan, that is something you have to live by um, every day. Yeah, (laughs) isn't that (laughs) the truth? (laughs) Um, But there is a hope there that, and I want to just talk just for a couple of minutes about this before we wrap up. Given the fact that we we do want to find joy in this life, and Christians should not mope through this life just waiting for heaven. I, I don't believe that's God's intention for us. But there's still always that hope at the end of the line Mm -hmm. that, you know, as hard as this might be at times, as confusing as the world is right now, there's something better waiting. And to focus on that sometimes is a lifeline, isn't it? Absolutely. Um,
1: That is truth. Um, My sense is that uh, God gives us a desire to live here. You know, as much as we know that heaven will be a better place, and as much as we know that um, uh, we have much to look forward to, uh, He wants us and He gives us the opportunity to thrive here. At some level, I don't know that your listeners could see um, this, but uh, um, at some level we ascribe that God has this value uh, up here and that Satan has a value here, when in reality Satan has been completely stomped out and Satan has no no place, so to speak. He may come and he may show himself. He may try to discourage us, as we said earlier, steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe that happens regularly. But God... But God is faithful, and he will never—he he wants to give us life and to give, us, give it to us abundantly. And so uh, that's not a prosperity mentality. No. That's just a peace Filled mentality that says I will walk in the faith of the Lord I will trust you God and what comes my way. I will see it as your uh, Assignment for this day and I'll do everything that I can to fight for righteousness that others might be encouraged along the way
0: Yeah, and there is a, you know, Holy Spirit inspired section of scripture I believe that I've talked to people often about that talks about no more crying You know no more tears no more pain Um, and so the author of that section john was inspired by the holy spirit to say that because people are genuinely in pain hmm. and he wanted to encourage them that you know there will be an end to your pain and we will be in the presence of christ and at that moment i'm not sure we'll know all the the secrets of god he has no um you know he he's not under some kind of a commandment to tell me everything but we'll be at peace yeah Because we'll be in his presence.
1: Yeah, and if anything, um, the the subject of brokenness, the the, the biggest blessing in in my life being broken um, on any number of fronts is that God has graciously allowed me to see and to be involved in the lives of the vast, 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 vast majority of people Regardless of where they're at, economic status, social status, racial status, wherever they're at, um, I see brokenness. And uh, and like God, like Jesus through the Holy Spirit, I can see the pain in people's lives. And it's such a blessing to be able to just be, be in spirit with them.
0: Yeah. All right. One more question. And this is about your current job. Yes. All right. Yeah. So you have this incredible story, and you have this incredible love for people, and you can see, um, you know, you can discern really well with them. I'm guessing that when you're talking to people about money or whatever this might involve, that you go far past that, and I I bet God gives you a lot of opportunities Mm. to minister to people right where they are.
1: Mm. It is the greatest privilege of my life to be able to pour, uh,
0: to listen to,
1: to draw out stories, and to um, be invited into the stories of others. Just nothing is uh, is a better blessing in my life than that.
0: When you're when you're able to minister to them, can you see lights turn on in their eyes <laughs> at times?
1: Yeah, as yesterday, as recently as yesterday at five 8, five thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well,
0: wow. yeah. it's a it's a great honor to meet you, and I'm sorry for the the things you've gone through. They're, it's not easy. Um, but you're, you know, you're, you're, you're still strong, you're standing tall, and God has worked amazingly in your life. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for
1: having me, and uh, please do not be sorry. I am, uh, I've come to the point of being very grateful to the Lord for that which he has done.
0: That's a great example. So that's Garth Warren. He is uh, an amazing guy, and we tell stories like this because we want you to be encouraged. We want you to know that God works through suffering and does amazing things. And I think of Psalm 103, and I think about the words um, of Scripture that help me understand that as well. Uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love, and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And wow, that's God. He is always at work redeeming and healing and taking us to new places. And more importantly, he's always at work introducing us to him at a new level so that we can have more of him and less of the cheap stuff. And so I just want to encourage you that in your life right now, God is continuing to work. If you're walking in shame, this passage tells you he forgives all your iniquity when you just ask. If you're struggling with sickness, the Bible tells us he'll heal your disease. Now, it may not be in your timing, but you will be healed at some point, and he's working in that. And who redeems your life from the pits. If you're struggling with mental illness or depression, you can just take that to him. He gets it. He, he made you. He loves you just like you are. And so take heart, take joy, and be encouraged. I want to thank all of our wonderful partners that make life support possible. I want to thank Faith Radio. Uh, they've been great partners for us, faithradio.com. You can watch a video version of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. And I'd love you to check out Ridgewood Church at myrwc.org and on Twitter at Pastor Paul J. So thanks so much for being here, and we'll catch you next time on Life Support.
2: Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota.